Hi, this is Niall with I Am My Best. About a week and a half ago, I had a conversation with Michael Barone. He's an incredible life coach. He's the Hayoka coach, and he can be found on Twitter with the handle at Barone911. And this man has seriously done his inner work. We jumped right into it in a conversation about compassion, forgiveness, inner work, healing DNA lineage and ancestral trauma, and so much more. We distilled the conversation down from about two hours to just over an hour. So I hope you take the time to listen. It is worth every moment. And this man has so much to offer his skill sets, his compassion, his wisdom, his teachings, his learnings, his understandings of humanity, and what really matters are all right there. So please have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. I don't know how you're doing, uh, and I'd like to know, I, sure. but I'll just say that these times have been very, very heavy energetically, and yeah, it's, sure. it's been bonkers, actually. Um, yeah, and struggled to find some words at times because it's there's a little drag. You know, you're an empath. I can just be, you know, I can just speak the language. It mm-hmm. there's this low drag and this incident. You know, this really horrible incident with mm-hmm. the, that's caused this riots has just inflamed it so much more, and it feels like a spike coming down through me and just pulling me straight down. It's like, wow, it's like the opposite of what was happening. You know, people were starting to, although the disease is still around, or the virus rather still around, you know, people were starting to grow from that. You know, they're sitting at home, they're enjoying, you know, family, you know, they're working out their problems. As we know, in the Twitter sphere, we're seeing the internal work is just rampant. Everybody's going inside. They're trying to find that calm place, you know, find themselves inside. Mm -hmm. And then this happens, you know, this horrible incident, whatever, you know, I I don't like to label anything, you know, it's, it's horrible for everybody involved. I mean, this is just, it couldn't have happened at a worse time. Everybody's been cooped up and fearful. And now all of this is just being pointed and, all the Mm -hmm. directions that we see it, you know, and I don't want to put energy to it by even call, you know, even pointing it out. Yeah. I avoid it, you know, and I don't avoid, you know, I don't go into politics. You know, I had that, that part of me, you know, long ago, I don't use it anymore. I don't, you know, that's, it's, it's irrelevant to me. I understand that the government exists. I understand all this exists and we need to do our part. We need to vote and we need to, rally mm-hmm. we need to do all the things we need to do you know we don't take any of that away none of us do yeah but there's yeah. a way to do it right i mean and i i don't know i and i'm not saying anything about you know people are doing is right wrong i'm just it's horrible and coming on the cusp of you know in the middle of this covid the energy swirl just to get back to what you're saying is just downward spiraling like it's hard for me at times to mm-hmm muster the energy enough to counter it to stay just Mm -hmm. within me let alone do what the work you and I do and that is to put the extra energy out that others can can nurture off of you know it's harder to get that extra energy out that light worker energy if you will that 
yeah. you know, the people around us, you know, they just gravitate towards, you know, I tweeted a while ago about how dogs and animals, you know, how they come up to people. Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. Are you the kind of person that animals walk up to? Where even the animals that necessarily don't go up to people, do they go up to you? Why is that? And because they always have with me, you know, the birds flock mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. And I'm not saying they're they're in hundreds, you know, it's not it's not like that. But I noticed at an early age that they just were attracted to me for something, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was, whether it be the animals or especially the children. You know, if I'm anywhere near children, they just come to me like the Pied Piper. Oh. I love it. You know, I'm the one that jumps on the ground and picks, <laughs> you know, gets the Legos going and starts, you know, I'm that eight-year-old. I want to be down there with them. Maybe they just feel that, you know. Yeah, maybe. I think it, there's a purity. There's a resonance of some, some purity going on. There's your resonance of love, which is really a part of your essence and... That's what that's what the, the the animals of nature and the the children resonate with, in my opinion, and that's why they probably flock to you from my perspective, because mm. there's there's just beautiful, raw truth in how you are and who you are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was listening to inner practitioner and and buddha's discussion and he was talking Mm -hmm. about all those animals talking to him i was like wow i remember (laughs) that you know and it although people pointed out you know my dog never goes to anybody it didn't Mm -hmm. click for me i hear that and say oh and then all of a sudden you know out flowing a whole bunch of tweets because the whole memory bank opens up (laughs) exactly exactly Well, that's a really interesting perspective. One of the things that I had wanted to ask you about, you know, and in thinking about it, you know, this is the hour when your entire state of Arizona is being on curfew. And because of the social unrest that's been going on, uh, your, your entire state is being quietened and, I was thinking about what you just said now and thinking about how I was almost getting caught up in the turmoil. Well, I was emotionally, a little bit energetically. I was getting caught up in some of the turmoil. I started feeling anger rising in me, which is completely normal for all of us because there are so many injustices that we're facing right now. Uh, This particular incident was... uh, just an incredibly sad, unfortunate wrong. And no matter how you look at it, no matter how you spin it, I I think that it it just, I think in this time where we are all being challenged and being restricted in so many different ways, I think it was almost divine timing that, and, and this helped me to wrap my head around what's going on and not be upset by it, but rather empowered by the fact that everybody Mm. is pulling together and it doesn't look amazing on some of the the televised versions of what's happening in some of the groupings. But I think we're seeing the most sensationalist and the worst case scenarios being televised. I think there is a lot of incredible peaceful protesting happening Mm -hmm. around your country, mine too. And I think that maybe it's divine timing. Maybe this is the time for people to be 
on the heels of being so restricted with reason, mm-hmm. we are facing what are we going to do about humanity? Because that's really what this is all about, right? Is an you know, uprising. I love the way you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I love the way you phrase that now that it's almost as if every through every dark tunnel comes a light of hope. You know, I don't know who wrote that. I know it was in a song <laughs> that I've heard. I know. It's on the tip of my tongue. I love that one. Every dark yeah. tunnel has a light of hope. Don't hang yourself with a celibate rope or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> we're we're going to know gonna, it. Somebody's going to ping it. Somebody's going to tweet it. I don't know. They'll say, hey, yeah. Um, anyway, but no, yeah. it's, what you're saying is, is you know, and I that's a great perspective. You know, I'm, I'm with you. Everything is divine timing. Right. This didn't happen by accident. You know, it's it's a natural transition. And maybe it is the natural succession of this is that we've been cooped up. You know, we've been oppressed, mm-hmm. you know, in every which way, no mm-hmm. matter who we are, no matter what we write on our census data. Every one of us for the last four months has been oppressed by this virus. So we all know what it feels like to some degree. You know, we can't. We can't be the DNA structures that suffer the most horrid oppression, but mm-hmm. we can most certainly sympathize with that over what we've experienced over the past four months and and be there in support for everybody that is suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we do in Twitter is, is we see that light at the end of the tunnel and we understand where we are we don't have to accept where we are. I mean, the streets are filled with people that are saying no more, right? Yeah. And that's, and maybe that, like you're saying, maybe that's the divine timing. Maybe that's how we climb out of this is that we eventually, internally, we've said no more. We've talked yep. earlier about the inner work we're doing. And now we're saying, I don't want to be this person anymore that I don't, I don't, for this reason or that reason, I want to change. And they're making steps. My DM is filled with people saying, hey, I love this tweet, that tweet. What do you mean? How do I do that? One yeah. simple tweet. And they're like, thanks. I'll, I'll go read that website. And it's, and it's just the connections, right? We talk a lot about followers. They're not followers. They're connections. And everybody that DMs or everybody that responds and says, hey, that was like my aunt so-and-so. Thank you. I never made that connection. It's about the love that pours back out. And literally the hair on my arms is standing up right now. It's about the love that pours back out. It is. That's how we get past what you're talking about into this natural progression into some segue, you know, of what's happening being divine timing. So it just rings for me. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Every dark tunnel has a light of hope. We there is hope. It was Young MC, by the way. <laughs> somebody, I knew somebody would get you. I knew I. It was one of my. I love that. Oh my gosh, it was one of my favorite songs in first year university, and I remember this young lad. Was, it was it was the first guy in university to ask me on a date in my dating mm. life, starting in university. And, <laughs> He was doing the running man as he was rapping it. And it was entirely inappropriate in all ways. It, it was just the visual. And 
Oh, man, you oh my God. Memory, so. <laughs> but it was good times. And, and that was a, yeah, I love the quote. Thank you. Because I, I think there is hope. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that's what we point at every day. Yeah. Cause we can always focus on the negative. And right now there's some negative we have to focus on. Absolutely. I suppose but at the so. same time, yeah. at the same time, let's look at both. We have to, because this is an opportunity. Everything is an opportunity. If we look at it as simply oppression and not an opportunity to climb out of oppression, then we're our own victims. Indeed. Indeed. I would love to get into your story, but in keeping on this note for just another moment, because you are so well-versed in the work of, and we've talked about this before, the quantifying of energy around our emotions and our emotional states. And I, I, I just became obsessed with your, some of your tweets that you've done on Twitter about these different emotional states and where they, if you will, rank in terms of how much energy they, they come with. Um, and as you might remember, we've had previous conversations. I'm, I'm obsessed with shame. Today was a day about tweeting about shame for me. Um, and I think there is a lot of shame going on or a lot of releasing of shame in this movement because too many oppressed people have been living in a shame state where they were wrongly shamed for who they are. And Absolutely. I think, yeah. And, um, what I'm starting to see now is a little bit of stuff going on on Twitter where there's infighting. So mm. I really feel that a lot of us are supportive of each other in what our roles are. We each are doing our own thing in our own ways to reach out to people, to, um, as you say, to create relationships, to foster connections on, on the Twitter platform, if you will. And, um, there have developed, I've noticed a few expectations that everybody needs to be in this fight, in this fight and right. in the same way. And it must look mm. like this profile of you doing this. Therefore, you are not supporting this. Right. And yeah. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that a lot of us are absolutely in support of fighting against this oppression, fighting against the past wrongs and the injustices. And... Yet, I'm finding that some people are speaking out against some people on spiritual Twitter about oh, why no. are you not getting on the bandwagon? Yeah, why are you not? And I, I wanted to ask your opinion about where, you, where that lands for you and mm. what maybe we can do about that, how we can speak to that. I love this. You literally mm. made the hair on my legs and my arms stand up because this is so powerful. Mm. Let's talk about <clears throat> what frequency is in emotion. So let me give a little bit of frame of reference around frequency. You know, there's, there's variation. You know, some emotions are felt in a frequency band around these numbers, uh, depending on you know, the environment and many other factors how one feels it, what their core vibration is, and all that. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about vibration in general. If we think about love, everybody knows what love feels like. You know, imagine that person that you love and let that fill your heart. 
And when you feel that love, you're at about a 500 hertz frequency. Mm-hmm. If you were to put binaural beats on of about 432 plus, you're going to, and you allow that vibration that's happening within you, between your ears, it actually vibrates your pineal gland. If you allow that vibration to attune, if you allow yourself to attune to that vibration, rather, you will actually respond with that emotional state. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about these numbers and we talk about love, you can get yourself to about 500 hertz frequency using binaural beats and attune to that, whether it be meditation or play with your puppy, you know, let him lick your face and just giggle Mm -hmm. with a child. Whatever it is that blossoms your heart, you're pumping at about 500 hertz. You know, when you're feeling joy, you know, it's 550, 600 and peace you know, when you're like, oh, you know, when you feel that one with nature, you're at 600-ish and, you know, enlightenment and blah, blah, blah. And the numbers go up and there's discrepancy at high levels, you know, 10,000s and 12,000s and soul mm-hmm. consciousness and all these numbers. But let's, let's kind of circle this back to the point that you brought up. And that is, okay, well, what does that mean for today? Well, right now, everybody's pissed and, mm-hmm. and damn it. Everybody has a freaking right to be. First, we've been mm-hmm. cooped up for months. People are wondering, what the hell? You know, they see all these rioters. I've been seeing people saying, this virus better spread like hell with all these people without masks, or we're going we're gonna to uprise twice because we've uh. been lied to. I mean, it's like, you know, well, uh. what's that? That's anger. And what's anger? Mm-hmm. It's at 150 hertz. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you why that's so bad. Because when you're less than 200 hertz, you're no longer sustaining life. You take it, you need at least 200 hertz, your core frequency, your homeostasis when you're in your chill state every day, like, you know, your average frequency through the day, you know, what you would call that. How was your day? Oh, man, I was pissed today. Well, that's your core state. Over seven, eight, nine, ten days, if you keep that state, your core frequency is at about 150, your anger. So you're, you're mm-hmm. emoting this anger which if you think about it in frequency is about 150 Hertz, which is 50 less, at Mm -hmm. least 50 less. I mean, it's much less. It's not love. I mean, you're so, I mean, you're, you're 350 away from love. I mean, you're, you're far from love. So you're not experiencing that. So what's happening. And this is, I posted on this the other day because when all of this started, I was like, yes, we're angry. Mm-hmm. but also be grateful for something at the same time. And I'm seeing the outpouring. I see, be careful, they're shooting rubber bullets. And, but they're not just saying that. They're saying, wear goggles so you don't lose an eye, right? So there's uh, a little bit of love in the anger. Yeah. And what that does is allow a balance, right? Because if we're always in anger and we always stay down there, what happens, and this could go on for weeks, months, right? We don't know. Mm-hmm. What happens is you remain at that 150 hertz. Your core frequency starts to attune to that. You, in essence, become that frequency. Your mm-hmm. core frequency will remain there. It gets sticky. You know, it becomes a habit. It's like anything else that you use as a habit. It's going to take a while to get out of that habit. The problem with an anger frequency are the is the mindset that comes with it because every time you lower your frequency every time that you are experiencing anger your perspective changes with your conscious level 
So now when you're angry, you think it's okay to smash your next door neighbor's window because, you know, you're pissed at them. And I'm not talking about riots. You know, this mm-hmm. that's a whole I'm talking about when you're in an angry state and, you know, your neighbor steps on your lawn, you throw a brick through his window. Yeah. Those are the behavior patterns we talk about that come with that state of mind, that state of consciousness, that frequency, which is a result of that emotion. Yeah. So when yeah. you allow it to be there, you're affecting literally everybody in your life. Yes, you may be that person in your family and God love you that you're out there and you're rioting. But leave that anger at the door. You come in and try to find that balance. Try to remote with your family with love. Try to reach out to those that are suffering because they're getting beaten out there and tell them that you love them. Find Mm -hmm. that 50% balance in your amount of anger. And if you can go all the way up to love or even find some peace in all of this, at least when you're at home saying, we're safe. And if you could find even just moments of peace, that frequency is at 600 hertz. When you start emoting there in some kind of peace, joy, love, reason, whatever you can get to, that will allow you to reattune higher. So it's about, you know, we talk a lot about balance, right? That's what Mm -hmm. it's about. But it's about balance of your frequency and about balance of making sure that rightfully so we go out and we're angry and we spew that and we tell people what our opinions are because we want to be heard and if we're doing that in anger because that's what we feel get it out because that's purging of that's healthy yes but then remember that there's a rebound effect of that and you are now emoting there and you're suffering as well don't Mm -hmm. add the extra suffering onto yourself so try to equalize that time. And if you can't have, you know, if you're out rioting for eight hours because you're pissed or you're twittering on somebody because you're really mad. And what happens is this particular uh, spiritual leader and this particular spiritual leader, they all of a sudden, they're not agreeing. Why? Because they're emoting at 150 hertz. Their thought mm-hmm. pattern changing to that of the neighbor that gets pissed and throws a brick through his neighbor's window and he doesn't know why i don't mm-hmm. know officer I, I just lost my mind no you didn't you were operating in a pattern at 150 hertz and you did the exact behavior that anybody would do yeah because you you were you know and this is what this you know and this is it this is the truth here we're allowing ourselves to be there And we allow ourselves to be there when we go out and do what we need to do to make sure that injustices are served, but Mm -hmm. also allow yourself when you get home to balance that. And what I think will happen is a lot of these discrepancies between people because one chooses to go out and one doesn't, because frankly, what I do, I'm trying to balance that. Every post you're going to see for me tries to add some healing to offset some of the anger that's being spilled. Because if I can get, if I can touch at least one person, I'm at least tweaking that energy a little bit more in the positive. Yeah. So that's what my battle is. You know, I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah. You know, I would go out. I have two kids in this house, you know, two grandchildren. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm a grandfather. You know, yeah. I have five kids. And I, you know, I, I don't have time to go out. I can't. But what I can do is I can do what I can do and I can do, I give everybody my heart and make sure that they have balance. And I can say, be careful. They're not pulling your puppet strings. 
be careful. You're not letting your anger get the best of you in doing that one stupid thing that they can make an excuse to do something back. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You pick a fight with somebody, somebody picks a fight with you. It's whoever throws the first punch or whoever wins the fight. You know, it's all a matter of perspective from that point forward. Make sure you're on the right side of love. You can be anger. You can be angry. Don't allow the anger to overtake you enough to where you're going to do something that goes against who you truly are. And I think that's the message. Yeah. You can be angry. You can emote in anger. You can get at that 150 frequency, but don't let it rule you in the moment to you to the point where you're going to throw that brick through your friendly neighbor's yard because he stepped on your lawn, right? Mm-hmm. I, or I, metaphorically, just, get angry right. at anybody who isn't in the exact same narrative mm-hmm. at the same time as you sharing, mm-hmm. spreading that. I mean, it's, it's, it's up to each of us to follow our own truth in how we navigate yeah. our role in this, in this human community, right? And I see it kind of binary. You're either mm-hmm. supporting somebody or you're oppressing them. Yeah. And if you're yelling at somebody for not listening to the way you want to do things, you're projecting your opinion and you're, you're oppressing them. Yeah. To some degree, you know, it's measurable and scalable, but oppression is oppression. Yeah. And if you're going to quiet their voice or tell them that they better speak up, oh, you're projecting and mm-hmm. you don't want them to do that to you. So, yeah. and that's what I mean, because we're angry. Some of our patterns are operating in a, in a, in an arena, in a lower frequency band. And we're acting like somebody that we normally wouldn't. If yeah. we allow those patterns to take over, we can be angry, but we need to stay centered in that angry anger. So we don't project it. Yeah. You know, we don't want to project it on our, these people are loving each other every single day mm-hmm. and they're unfriending each other now. And this is what I mean by puppet strings. Mm-hmm. Are they yanking a couple of these puppet strings? And I've been posting this in hopes that some people would at least think, wait a minute, maybe I'm, over, you know, I'm not overreacting. I can be pissed. Mm-hmm. But if my neighbor steps on my lawn, maybe I shouldn't be throwing a brick through the window. Just balance it. You know, go do what you got to do. But when you come home, make sure you're, make sure you're evening it out so you can, so you can be productive in your own life, and, you know, and, and be healthy and not lower your core frequency. Oh. That's going to affect everybody in your house. It's going to affect your tweets. It's going to make you unfriend friends that you, that you're going to apologize. I'm telling you, when your frequency comes back up, and, it, and you're still going to be angry, but what's going to happen is there's going to be some realization that, oh, shit, I can't believe I just unfriended so-and-so. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been DMing this person. We've been sharing the deepest secrets, and I unfriended him because of this, although it is extreme, I just unfriended somebody. Mm-hmm. I feel that's the 150 hertz talking. That's... That's not that loving person who I know, a couple of these, who operate well above the frequencies that I normally operate in. They're pouring out love nonstop, yet they're allowing themselves to be dropped and mm-hmm. cut away friends. And you can be angry, but be careful who you're aiming it at. Make sure you're being appropriate with your target. You know? <laughs> but, but that's what happens is your core frequency changes and it's sprayed out everywhere. Yeah. If you're not in control of your patterns and with an understanding that, oh, okay, yes, okay, I know I'm pissed, 
because damn right I better be, and or I'm I'm sorry I have every right to be. Yes. You know, it's not that I better be. I'm not projecting there. It's I have every right to yeah. be and own that, but then also own that you're buzzing at 150 hertz and it's going to spray at everybody. Mm-hmm. So find your balance with that because you don't want to fill that brick through your neighbor's window. Sorry to overuse a metaphor. No, but it's a good one. I, I, I try to point to something neutral because yeah. I. It's, I, I don't want it to be about anything except be careful with what you're doing. You yeah. know, there's no judgment in what you're doing. Just be careful because you can end up hurting yourself in the long run. And some of these puppet string pullers, <laughs> they're banking on that. You know, it's, well, you know what I mean. I, I think systemically they are banking on that. I think systemically there are uh, those who know exactly what they're doing. And what's even worse than vibrating in anger is when they digress to shame which is as i understand the lowest mm-hmm. vibrational state at 20 hertz and yeah, when people are shaming other people who are in the arena trying to help other people the whole thing can collapse and the work that everybody is trying to do just downgrades in in a really big way well let's look at this for a minute i'm glad you brought that up because we know this is along the racial divide, right? Mm-hmm. The the incident that's in the news right now. Yeah. While we're facing this issue, and everybody's looking at it, this is polarized national, you know, globally. Yeah. Everybody's looking at mm-hmm. this. While we're looking at this, the focus on that is is omnipresent. So now we're drawing that into us. That's our focus. Unfortunately, for many. It brings upon shame. Yeah. If you're part of the generational DNA chain in which this affected, yes. it's going to pull out that shame and it's going to buzz at 20 hertz. Yeah. You don't want to be there. That's as close as you can get to death, literally. Yeah. Any lower than that, you're, you'll die. You collapse. You do. Inward. You implode. Mm-hmm. And there, you just can't function. The vibration, the vibration is energy. The energy is electricity in your body. Yeah. That's your nervous system. That's how your heart beats. Yep. When it's when your electricity is so low, it eventually turns off. There's nothing to run everything. Mm-hmm. It's... So there's a lot of this. I talk a little bit about, I had a tweet, I don't know, three weeks ago, whatever. I, I lose track. They just flow out and I put them out there. And But one got the attention of a lot of people. Okay. And what I really appreciated about it is it crossed all whatever you're putting under consensus, right? Everybody has their own little levers they pull. It crossed all of those barriers. And that's what I found most promising about it. Uh, yes. Because what I talked about is you can heal your DNA mm-hmm. generationally. When you clear those deep, dark vibrations, when you clear that shame, when you go into that 20 frequency and you do that work within you, and that clears out, and, and I'm speaking from experience. This isn't theory. Mm-mm. I've done work over the past two months on my shame. Two times I've do- dove in. One was deep. Thought, wow, that's like the worst thing I ever experienced in my life. Cried for two days, three days. You know, all the things that we do when we do the shadow work. Mm-hmm. Purged out in every which way I could. Any sadness, stayed with it, sat with it. But then I realized, oh, I'm feeling sadness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling the shame. There's something deeper. So a couple of weeks later, I knew I had to go in, you know, just meditated, 
went back into where I was feeling the pain. You know, everybody has this place in them or multiple places within them that they hold their tensions where somebody in the room comes in and yells, hey, and anybody that's been yelled as a child, they shrink. Yes. And when they shrink, their energy has a focal point within them that they shrink to. And that's a dense concentration of low vibrational energy within the person. Mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle eloquently calls that the pain body. It's where you store your pain in your body. What we're talking about in frequency is if what you carry is shame. And when somebody comes in yelling and it reminds you of when that adult figure in your life came in and yelled those shameful things towards you to make you feel shame. When that person later in your life comes in, they make you go to that place. And they always will <sighs> until you go in there and deal with that frequency, yep. which is where we talk about mental models and the patterns that come with that. Because really that person, when you're in a meeting, comes in and raises their voice and you shrink inside. That makes you go to your shame if, if that's the emotion you know, at the center of that yelling. Uh, most things track back to shame, I'm finding. You know, I'm, I'm unable to find most things that eventually don't lead back to your primary initial shame mechanisms that were triggered off when you were between the one age of one and three, especially three to six. Anything that was done to you to apply shame, even if it was unintentional, starts that pain body. Ugh. And then later layers and layers and layers and layers are added on to that pain body increasing the density of it, increasing the depth of it. You know, I, I like, I, and I'm working with a, a wonderful woman right now, Elza. We're working on a project where we're talking about melting the ego. Uh-huh. And really the, the point of melting the ego is to get to the bottom of that deep well of shame. Because when we look at the grid and we look all the way from enlightenment above and people argue about what enlightenment is and I'm not into all that kind of Jibber jabber that get people in front. So what I do is I say there is something up there called enlightenment and whatever frequency that is, you know, we'll when we get there and we can send an email, we'll let you know. And then on the way down, you know what I mean? It's yep. like I, why argue about it, right? It just is. And there's no point arguing yeah, about it. It just is. But when we you know, but it's it's about understanding all this and learning to flow with numbers and understand that it's about balance within. Oh, yes. And that is the work. Oh, wow. That's well, when profound. When we look at that shame bucket, and, and to get back on track with the shame is, when we look at that shame bucket, you know, when we look at that frequency and all those layers that were built up through each intentional or unintentional, everybody has that one mean, two mean people in their life that they can remember that said, you know, you're never going to amount to anything or you're going to do that for a living, you know, Mm -hmm. in some flippant phrase, but this was somebody that you respected. Yeah. And then what happened is you just divided into two. You went, wow, I love this person. And she just challenged who I think I am. So you kind of like split in two. Yes. You know, that's like, that's the definition of duality. In that moment, your duality was either formed or added to. Yeah. And if it was shame that was triggered, it added a level of shame, which added density to that low vibration. And when we talk about shadow work and some of the work Elsa and I do, and it's, it's a system of going through these frequencies and understanding what they are in doing the work in a format that allows you to, to follow the steps. You know, it just, it's because mm-hmm. you're right. It really is about that low level of shame. 
It's... And it really is about going in and figuring out those patterns. And releasing them. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's the ultimate part of releasing them. Uh, that is really profound. And thank you for that. Yeah. I think that leads me into asking you a little bit about what you do in terms of helping people um, increase consciousness and, and become more aware. Mm. Because I really, I really think that it is about that in order to be able to go in and release these things that have um, created this fragmentation within us. It's about awareness right. and it's about um, looking deeper than what is maybe obvious um, you know, like the iceberg theory, like it's what 10% above water and the 90% is below water. Like what people don't see that's going on that creates uh, who you are. And talk about melting the ego, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, let me, I'll, yeah, I'll step right into that okay. because I, as we talked about in, in the podcast where from, from my podcast, when I interviewed you, there was. I I always knew ways in which to do things, right? I mean, you see systems, you know, being an empath, mm -hmm. you tend to be able to see how the systems operate a little bit more clearly. A lot of people see the details of, and, and it's not that empaths don't. And I mean, when I say empaths, you know, you talk about the cognitive empaths and, mm -hmm. and the different levels on my podcast. When we talk about just having the intuition of whatever level and and I and again with the labels you know I say empath but let's talk about it what would be an empath so we're talking if we look at that if we look at the frequency diagram you know it's not enlightenment right because I don't consider myself enlightened by far you know it's it's a journey yeah. enlightenment is a journey to me and there's the eventuality is you know whatever the eventuality is but it's but that's it that's your course of action that's your focal point of light yeah. And what I realized is when we look at how things work, I knew right from the beginning that it all started with relationships, mm. that people just don't get along. And it's not that they don't like each other. It's just that they can't talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just just the mere language barrier alone. And I don't mean the difference between cultures the difference between two neighbors that haven't lived in the same neighborhood. They're talking past each other. And then, you know, from, you know, I see on your, on your, and we've talked about it, you know, your leadership programs and all of the, the work you do to, to help in that arena, to help people understand, you know, the different levels of leadership and how you get through that. When you, when you look at that, you, you realize that when you talk about those relationships it just, it really comes down to that. Yeah. You can talk about leadership, but eventually within your material, and I see it all over your Twitter, you're like, and this isn't to minimize your material. It boils down to, can you just get along? Can you understand that if you respect each other? <laughs> what it boils down to is even though you're talking about things that apply to work, and, and I love the way you, you know, your generalized audience, you know, you speak to a very broad audience with your material. Thank you. Well, the, the magic of what you do is you bring it down to the core material. And maybe you don't say, you know, anger is 150 hertz, you know, like that. But you talk about how anger affects two people 
and how that affects the container of those two people. Mm-hmm. For example, if two parents aren't getting along, it isn't just between them. It's between the whole family. Everybody knows that because we've all been in households where we see the parents, you know, we're witnessing our parents fight. Everybody's involved. Yeah. Why? Because they're angry. You know, they're either grieving or they're apathy or they have guilt and they're spewing at each other. And all these low vibrations are spraying on the kids. But it's not just the low vibrations. It's also the pattern behavior that's affecting them. Mm-hmm. And all of these ways to communicate are being learned by these you know, malleable minds that are just absorbing everything. Oof. You said it. So we embed those. We embed those patterns in them from such a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it carries on. Unknowingly. Yes. Yes. Unknowingly. And that and is I the mean, key word. I don't think any parent, you know, of, you know, we don't like to talk about, you know, and I shouldn't say we don't like to. We don't often talk about that one parent that purposely humiliates your child. You know, we do. We talk about the narcissist and we, you know, we're very clear about the messaging around that. And our practitioner does a great job drilling that from every which way. (laughs) So we prepare, you know, the internet is preparing, you know, the Twitter sphere is preparing people for that and understanding what their patterns are. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand the patterns that we picked up from our parents as well we're responsible for those patterns the way, you know, they should have been responsible for theirs. And when I say should have, that's not a judgment because they picked up their patterns from their parents, you know, their, their parents passed down from their parents. And that's what I talk about the DNA healing. Yes. Because when you break a pattern, Niall, you personally, or me, Mm -hmm. and I want to give you, and I'm not even going to theorize here. I want to tell you something that happened to me within the last two weeks. I explained to you earlier that two times over the past, whatever, three, four weeks, I've done some deep shadow work, thought it was sadness I was going at about, uh, you know, something to do with my father. And I'm like, oh, I have to just go into that sadness. Finally, once and for all, damn it, go in there. Mm -hmm. So go into deep TM and go in there, do all the things I know how to get in there, the deep breathing, osmotic, all that, go in. Mm -hmm. And I dig in there and I do shed some things. I cry, I shed, you know, all the things that we do. But it wasn't until the second time that I found shame. Mm. When I found that shame and I hit the bottom of that shame well, it was life altering. I was down there and I was in it. And believe me, I've either read 50,000 times on the Internet. When you hit that bottom and you're feeling that, sit in it. Don't run. Oh, yeah. Because that's what we've been doing, right? We've always been running. Yep. Oh, I don't want to feel that. We run and add another layer on whatever it was that triggered us there. And I sat in it and it sucked. I mean, it sucked bad. But having the awareness of knowing that it's going to heal me motivated me to stay because that was, I talked earlier about when we go out and we're angry, make sure you come home and be loved. I find when I add that to my meditation, it adds balance in the moment. So I don't become overwhelmed with work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Every time I dig into it and I think, oh, that situation with this person. Oh, yeah, that hurt. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, stay with that emotion. Why did that hurt? Oh, because he said this, she said that, whatever. And you just sit with it. And, you know, eventually you use your newfound wisdom and your higher state of consciousness to look at it from this newfound wisdom and say, okay, are you adding additional suffering by dragging this along for so many years? How can you look at this? Did, did so-and-so mean to do this or was it a projection? Because think about their dad for a moment. 
oh yeah, their dad was like that too. <laughs> oh, it makes sense. And that in the moment allows you to give some forgiveness and grace to them. Mm. And I find when I'm in the shadow work and I balance that yucky, this freaking stinks, I'm in here listening to aunt so-and-so yell at me humiliatingly. But at the same time, as I'm doing that, envisioning her parents doing it because maybe I witnessed it or I can suppose that allows me to put the forgiveness in the moment at the same time. And that's the hardest part, though, for me is to maintain that balance in the moment. What I feel that allows me to stay in the moment, you know, at least for me. Yeah. And then I come out of it and then I come out of it. It's almost like I'm replenishing the energy as I'm shedding it because I'm giving the grace and forgiveness to whomever was involved as I'm sitting in it and realizing what it is and using my wisdom to process it, I guess. Oh. Just to put words to it. I absolutely love what I'm hearing. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I, I love this so much. Thank you. And this was another sort of area that I wanted to dive into, and you've already done it. Um, this this <laughs> forgiveness, I mean, this is... Almost like I'm an empath or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Empath. Ah, two empaths flowing, as uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some right. others have put this. I wanted to just, but I really wanted to just say, like, this is the compassionate side of how we can become aware, how we can uh, move into forgiveness. It's it, it, that's the compassionate yeah. approach, and and you, to use your word, grace. I mean, that's that's like when we when we get to see the hard stuff and we're on the receiving end of hard stuff and, and that embedded shame within us, like your aunt shaming you or making you feel bad, or you felt bad as a result of something she said. And you start to picture her wounds and in, because the wounded often wound uh, until, until they go in and become aware of their programming, of their patterns, of their shadow, you know, that has yet to be seen and the light to be shone on. And that is the gift of what you've figured out. And it sounds like you've got some processes that you're able to work with clients on as well. And as a coach and in your tweets, I, I feel, I literally feel viscerally, energetically, emotionally, how you tweet. You're so compassionate and I'm wondering, was there like a, a turning point for you when the wounds that you received, that you were on the, the receiving end of things, um, did you have a turning point in your life or some moments where you realized I'm, I'm or have you always been this way, compassionate and no, nope, I'm forgiving you, I'm forgiving you. <laughs> <laughs> for my buddies that are going to be listening, <laughs> I, better, I better be. I better be me. No, I wasn't. Okay. And because of things I experienced when I was a kid, you know, either to or, you know, by somebody or because of my interpretation of what was happening. It wasn't until I was 14 or 15 years old that I felt like I was above 200. I was angry. Okay. You know, I was walking around experiencing some very shameful things happened to me in the fourth grade by my fourth grade teacher, you know, an authoritarian figure, you know, just decimating my artwork and calling, you know, calling it every name in the book in front of students. God. That's shame. It sure is. You know, that's the purest of shame. It's the worst. 
But what I was realizing is I was going in and trying to forgive. And so, wait a minute, man, you got, I realized after 40 some years of, you know, one bad pattern after another, you know, you talked about it when I interviewed you, Spike, until you realize this, you're in these automatic modes. Mm-hmm. You know, you just do things and you're like, wow, what the hell happened? I'm in that same pattern again. But something when I was 14, 14, 15, you know, there was, there was, there were drugs around. <clears throat> we weren't in the best neighborhoods. You know, my parents didn't make a lot of money. I would say lower middle class. Mm-hmm. So we, we, you know, we didn't, we weren't starving. You know, we had food, you know, I'm not saying, you know, we were, you know, we were paupers or anything. I never, I never went without a meal. Had plenty of love. Mm-hmm. But what was happening to me was inside. I had an environment around me that was beautiful. My mom was the most flowing, kind, compassionate woman. And I'm sure that I got all the compassion from her. Mm-hmm. But inside, I was below the line, as they say, yeah. 200 hertz. And I was outwardly expressing anger based on the shame that I had. And, you know, that was like the resulting emotion you know the negative for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction oh you want to hold shame okay here's the opposite reaction you're going to spew anger for however long you're going to do that okay and as my buddies could say is dude you were mean uh-huh. can anybody cross me pop me in the chin you know it was a neighborhood you know we would always fight things like that it wasn't like i was the only one walking around punching people around but for us to get in fights in a neighborhood that was a release of energy i learned after a long while that was a I'm shamed. I'm going to go out and spray this on people, mm. whether it be through anger. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my anger. I don't want to hold this. Wow. Yeah. You know, and you know, don't make it sound like I was running around beating people up, you know, Friday nights, everybody drinks and you get in a bar fight, whatever, you know, those two people, what I'm learning is we were both engaged in a universal dance because my anger met their anger. Because, frankly, they were experiencing the same thing in their life uh-huh. because we were vibrating at the same frequency. Yep. And as we know, you, whatever your vibration is, you're going to attract. Yeah. So I'm walking into a bar angry. There's going to be angry people everywhere. That's all I'm going to be attracting. So finding a fight wasn't hard. No. You know, or even if it's just, you know, lipping off to somebody. <laughs> I don't want this anger. You have it. <laughs> I don't want this shame. I'll spray it on you. Yeah. But, you know, I'm 14 and... I just, am, I'm talking to somebody and out comes, you know, a mediocre white lie. <laughs> it was a lie. <laughs> it was just a flat out lie. I'm going to be honest. And it hurt me. As soon as I said it, like my whole right side said, oh, what the hell did you say that for? Ooh. And I felt this heavy weight on me mm. and it started pulling on me and, you know, growing up fibbing about, no, I didn't spill that or whatever. White lies were common in my, you know, in in childhood, right? Totally. Yep. But (laughs) that went to lies and it was okay to lie. You know, I didn't, because I had the shame, I didn't have the, I didn't have the ability at a young age to, to discern the difference between doing whatever the hell I wanted. I'm, I'm angry. I can do whatever. My boundaries were different. Yep. I'm allowing myself to be this angry person and my boundaries are a little bigger. Yeah. Screw you if you don't like yep. it. Here's some anger. Don't tell me I have boundaries. 
And that was me, you know, a, a teacher trying to tell me exactly how to do something. You know, as an empath, we don't, we don't do rote. You know, you sit down and give us line by line instructions. We don't operate that way. If you sit back and say, here's the high level concept and here's me doing it real quick. I'm off. You know that, I mean, <laughs> if somebody was able to be, a, if, if I had a teacher and I had two or three, by the way, that were able to recognize that possibly because they were of similar learning uh, modalities right. and, you know, they were able to pick up on the same signals within me and took that time to open that up to allow me to blossom in my own way. Yeah. I have, uh, we're putting our granddaughters through Montessori because nice. it's not that I don't believe in general education. You know, I, I grew up in it and I, you know, I, <laughs> with the exception of being 48 years old before I figured my shit out, <laughs> you know, to the degree that I can, you know, at least consider myself balanced enough not to continue with most of the patterns that I was, that I straddled myself with most of my life. You know, I still have them, you know, like I said, none of us are enlightened we're going to carry some of the patterns that go with our lower vibrational behaviors forever. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I say it's okay because sure we want to melt the ego, but we're not going to melt all of it. And we talk about ego death and there's a big, oh, we're not killing our ego. We need our ego. Yeah. Are you kidding me? We need to survive. Absolutely. And some of these patterns that we've developed, these are pretty freaking good. Yeah. All you got to do is strip out, you know, step six that says, make this all about you the rest of your life. <laughs> And that pattern serves, you know, now the pattern serves you just, <laughs> you know, take out the part that was selfish or, you know, that was self-serving, but, but it takes the shadow work to understand those patterns. You're like, oh, wow, I can't believe I offended this person. <sighs> Make note of that, go home, meditate on it. It's like, oh, I see what happened. And then, and then figure it out, back up the pattern and unwind the pattern. Yeah. Figure out what part of it broke down. Because if you have a six, seven step pattern and it's not uncommon, for normal behaviors to be to be that long sometimes it's just part of it that needs to be rewired rewired when i say rewired i just mean through shadow work when you identify what's what's going on in your life when you're triggered you basically trace that trigger back to the behaviors that triggered it and usually or what i have found within me anyway is it wasn't simply that action like that person coming in the room and shouting at me that triggered it it was what was behind that. I was like, oh, I remember my aunt yelling at mm -hmm. me. Okay, well, that's two steps in this chain right, yep. of this pattern. And then wait a minute. Okay, now I remember my aunt. What was it my aunt said? Oh, this shameful thing. And bam, now you have a three-step pattern that you need to work with. Yeah. Now you do your, now you just become aware. You use your awareness. And when you wake up the next day, you say, okay, I'm aware of that pattern. And when you step into it, you'll have that awareness. Because I learned frankly, Niall, that once you see it, once you see a pattern, you can't unsee it. Yep. And one, once you see it and you repeat it, you cannot look yourself in the mirror without saying, you know what you just did <laughs> and you did it anyway. Yep. And, and I'm telling you, the mirror doesn't lie. And I posted that yesterday. I just, the mirror doesn't lie. Cause every day I look at it, it's like, are you checking yourself? Yeah. You know, make sure. Did you check into yourself today? Because you know how quickly you can spin out on patterns because, ugh. you know, whatever. Are you checking yourself? Ugh. So every day I look in the mirror and I just like pause at one minute to look right in my pupil. And if I find I have to look away too quick, 
I stay there twice as long Good. because, damn it, why are you looking away so quick? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work to face yourself. It is. It is the work yeah, we're here to do so that we can realize our truth and, and then really manifest and really expand instead of staying in the contracted state of, you know, anger and below. It's, uh, it, mm, I like right? It's, it's, it's really hard work. And I, I think it's really important how you noted your age when you finally figured it out or, you know, a bulk of it out at the age of 48. It does take a long time to become aware and to become compassionate with yourself and therefore compassionate with others. Because we, we sometimes don't even look at the patterns to the depth that you've described for a very, very long time, because a lot of times we're just mm. looking at the immediate conflicts and inner turmoil right. and external turmoils that we're dealing with without doing the deeper dive, the deeper digging to see the other steps, as you call it, to see that, oh, there, I'm like six steps away from the bottom line of where this came from, the root. And... Mm. That takes so much time and work. It, it doesn't always take so much time. Once you start to become aware, it's like you say, you can't unsee that. But it does take time and work to get to that and to see there are... Discipline. Right? Yeah. And it's discipline. discipline Oof, yeah. That is a key word. And, and it's, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's as a, as a, you know, just to use these words that are used this, as a right brain thinker. <laughs> discipline man i'm like i'm following the feelings man either i mean there's no discipline in me you know of course you have to you know you have to go to work you have to have the discipline so you keep the patterns mm -hmm. you know i can't be totally right brain and just run around doing all the things i love all the time mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is about the discipline and it takes you know a lot of people journal and journaling is huge yeah. now journal your process steps mm -hmm. because when you get triggered you want to freeze that moment and you want to gather as much data of what happened when you feel triggered so you can, you know, journaling helps. So you want to just take a snapshot. Oh, God, I just, and as you said, I like that contracted feeling. Mm -hmm. When you feel like you're sucking into yourself and you feel like somebody huge just made you small, freeze that moment and gather all the data you can. Yes. What am I feeling? What are my sensations? Who's around me? What are they saying? Increase your situational awareness greatly. Expand yourself outward and gather up the container that you're in, the whole room of what in the hell's going on. Yeah. As soon as you can get out of there or, you know, whatever, it softens up and you have time, write it all down. Or quickly go out, you know, if you don't have time, quickly take a break, go in the bathroom or whatever, mm -hmm. hit your voice recorder and spill it all out. Yes. And what you want to focus on, and, and I'll just give my example, and that works for me, and if it works for you, is I, I went to the voice recorder. I'm not, you know, I don't have time to sit down and write. You know, I'm, I think faster than I can write, so it just gets frustrating yeah. for me. So I grab my voice recorder, mm -hmm. and I'll just throw enough information. And actually, I use Twitter a lot for this. I'll put a morsel of what I've learned in this moment. Yeah. I'll put a I'll put a tidbit up there and it serves two purposes. First, this information came to me in a meeting. I didn't think of this, so it's not mine. And I learned the quickest I can give this to somebody else, 
the quicker the energy flows back around the other way. You know, it's like this circle of healing that I talk yeah. about. But it also serves a second purpose that it logs it for me. Nice. And the next, the next, you know, when I turn in at night, I'll look through the tweets that I had today because I'll get in a flow. If I have one of those moments in a meeting where I get shrunk up for whatever reason, I'm like, all right, what was that? All right, that asshole came in here again and spewed that same crap. <laughs> and then I realized, well, I'm, I'm owning this. I'm sensing that I'm owning this project and this project is vaporware. What am I, I why do I have ownership of this? Why am I struggling? <laughs> Okay, well, first, I, I, I feel like he offended me. Why? And then I just spill it out in the recording. Nice. And as drab as some of these things down seem, they're not. No. They're very important. And I'll give you an example of why they're important. So I, I go into a meeting and I sit down and the meeting seems to go great. On the way out, somebody says something. It kind of twerks me. And I don't know. It's just like a little nip. Mm-hmm. what what was that about normally I walk right by that whatever having a bad day walk by nine times out of ten I'm walking by this time I'm like no I've been learning you know and I've even been posting don't ever ignore your body so this time I waited I was like all right pause remember what your post was situational awareness pay attention to everything look around and I'm looking I'm like, okay, got it. So just enough data to where I'll think of it. It's like, okay, I didn't record it, but I think I thought about enough. I set it into my brain. I go into meditation, and that was partially the reason that initiated the opening of my father's shame bucket. Because what happened in that meeting, somebody said something, snippet, you know, just like a flip it and comment, which maybe they thought funny, maybe not. Mm -hmm. But it took me to that place inside where I was storing what I eventually learned was a shame around my dad. Oh, yeah. And when I, I, so just think about this. Somebody says something in the meeting that just like nipped me. It was like, ah, you know, it makes me feel like that frictional vibration, yep. you know, just feels staticky. Mm-hmm. But I paused this minute and froze it, took it. And then when I opened it, it led me to the bottom of a shame bucket which led me to like two straight days of flow posts about never ignore your Mm -hmm. body because right. I mean, Holy crap. I don't, I don't ignore any of that anymore. None of it. I try to stay totally. I mean, it's impossible for me. I can't totally stay in my body all day long. I mean, it's, there's just two, two kids running around, you know, you get, (laughs) you get in your head and frantic about schedules. You know, it happens every You know, we talk about this in leadership programs. No, you can't always be right on. Don't expect yourself always be right on. Yeah. So I, you know, I shouldn't expect it from myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so I'm, you know, I'm getting in my head and I'm losing track of my body. I'm ignoring the signs. I forgot to eat at lunch, for example, you know, because I ignore the bodies, things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But it's about understanding and using your awareness. Right? It is. It is. And you had started by talking about, you know, this, it's a bit of a process, but it's worth it to take the time and do the download and dig deep and, and, and get to the bottom mm-hmm. of it. And the value of doing that, I'm guessing for you, in my opinion, and maybe you can add to this or agree or disagree. I, it, the value of it is about healing yourself enough to be able to be more whole and be more able to be out there and do the work that we're doing and be more effective in that, be more efficient in that, be more productive in that. 
and heal. You know, I'm glad you asked that because it it allows me to circle back to the DNA comment that I was Mm -hmm. making and give the real world example, the second half of the real world example. I did all that shame work two times, two dives, spilled something out. Within 24 hours, my son, 2,000 miles away, and I posted this because I was like, this is like, to me, this is my proof. I mean, like physical Mm -hmm. proof, not that I needed that. I had faith that it was like this. But this for me is like, yeah, I know you have faith, but hey, guess what? Look at this. (laughs) No, I mean, really, look at this tangible thing, Mm -hmm. you know? The next day, my son, kaboom, total epiphanies out of the blue. Total. And I mean, upwashing things that he's been storing forever. Mm. That, Dad, I don't know what this is. It's like... It's flowing out. And I, I don't, you know, tell me about it. And, you know, because we had talked a little bit about some of, you know, he sees my tweets and all this. So he's been he's been asking. Nice. And now up comes this flow. And out comes all of this. You know, I won't speak for him. All of what's inside of him is coming out. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is this to me is me going inside. I'm healing the DNA chain. Yeah. When I free my energy up, when I free my energy up, it affects everybody, my ancestors. It's like the here, it's like what is, what was, and what will be. It affects all of yeah. that. Because I see it, we can see it every day. You can see a parent, let's say a parent who had an angry parent. They, you know, maybe it's so angry that they get, you know, a referral and they have to take a class they take a class and in this class they learn some things and they stop doing that well what they did is they just kept from giving this to their child Mm -hmm. so they healed the dna by taking that pattern out of their system which is genetically coded within them because their parents did to them by removing that pattern through healing that no longer is being projected onto the child the child from that point forward sees a more healthy pattern come from the parent and their DNA is healed. But if you start, if you want to throw quantum physics into this and you want to talk about, you know, the connections quantumly, that's really, it is all the energies combined, you know, the energy fields around us when we're angry, we're spewing it. It gets on everybody. Quantum. (laughs) I'm going to cry. How could you ask for more? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Seriously. As a parent, I've had these moments and, and, that that was so beautiful. Thank you. Um, I I was really impacted um, by your messages on on Twitter about that, and I remember seeing some of the retweets and the comments in their retweets about how incredibly impactful and helpful your work in this and your tweets in this are are really making a big difference for people out there. And it's truth. It's it's a beautiful process and it's hard to face because you have to take ownership of your own shit and (laughs) but when you do that all right let's just put it out there yeah that's it too own your shit there's our tweet for tomorrow (laughs) own your own shit yes and and to see the lineage and to see the the hurt and and you know to bring it all together what we've been talking about to have the compassionate forgiveness and and, and the the openness to seeing with your heart that 
really, I mean, everybody's just doing their best really as, as best they know, uh, you know, with yeah. exception, I suppose, but really, and, and sure, we can heal that, Always right? Exception. Yeah. And, and we can heal that. And when we do, mm-hmm. yeah. we see your son, I I've seen it in my son. I've seen it in my daughter. I've seen the difference that it made when I went from mm-hmm. not even seeing the wound that needed to be healed to seeing it, working it through and then helping her or him, my son or daughter, clear what happened between us that was rooted in that and how impactful that is and how that just spirals up energetically. It's huge, uh, right? I love the way you made that sound because it is. The energy, the frequency increases. You clear that sh- pattern. You clear that shadow. It no longer exists. Your frequencies increase immediately. Yeah. Right and on theirs. the spot. You can feel yeah, it. Yeah, and theirs. Yeah, right. It's all in the, the entire room. Thing. Yeah, oh, thank you. Um, okay, Michael, I, I should have asked this at the very beginning, but I feel like this is a beautiful way to ask my final question, which is really about you mm. and uh, what you're doing in the whole arena of coaching and, and spirituality and helping people heal and face truth. And I, I, I want to ask you first, about the name you you're called a please correct me if I'm wrong on pronunciation Hayoka, coach. Yes. And my understanding um, now here in Canada we call it First Peoples. I'm not sure if it's Native American or if it's First mm. Peoples um, in America. Uh, I've heard that that means something along the lines of um, uh, it, it's drawn from the First Peoples and it's about being a bit of a sacred clown. I'm not sure if I have that right. And yeah. <laughs> so there's a satirical kind of underpinning, underpinning with the name. And yet it's a beautiful, um, light way of helping people, um, providing a mirror for people and helping them reflect on who they are and raising consciousness and awareness so that they can heal, so that they can face their truth so that they can grow and expand and and maybe perhaps help others so i'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit more about why heoka and and about your journey and how you arrived at this and what you do sure thank you and the way you worded that was like i think i'm going to take all those words and just put it on my about (laughs) page because no seriously it was thank you those were really kind words and I picked up Hayoka when I was a kid oh. I don't have Native American DNA I but I frankly think we all have the same core sure. DNA deep, deep down so mm-hmm. I don't and I don't see labels you know blah 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 I all that yeah <clears throat> but it's there's a Hayoka spirit there's a Hayoka spiritual energy and if you do some research on you got black elk and, and you have others <clears throat> When they talk about sacred clown, you have to think about the generation in which that was, where the mentality was lower, the the level of consciousness, the level of understanding and education was lower. Now, you get somebody in a group of 10 people who are acting opposite, and that's in essence the backdrop of what a mirror is. It becomes the opposite. And... And uh, Hayoka is in, in, and I don't, I'm not for levels and, you know, where everybody is and all that. And there's no claim of any of this. I think it's an energy. 
the Heoka spiritual energy is that of a perfectly black reflective mm -hmm. mirror. So it's an empathic energy that has a perfectly polished black mirror. So literally anybody is, that is to look at this perfectly polished black mirror is to see a direct reflection as perfectly as it gets of the darkness that's within them. Mm -hmm. In order for them to absorb this and as you say, to allow this to give them the awareness within so they can start doing the work to allow them to heal. When I was growing up, my parents got a divorce five-ish years old, but there was a time where we did a lot of, uh, we would go canoeing, just a lot of outdoors things. We were, we were fishing, my dad and I on a bank, my brother and sister had walked one way, we're fishing on a bank, and this Native American guy, you know, what you would see, you know, exactly the person you expect, like somebody walking right up to you, right out of, you know, the expectation of what you'd expect from like an empathic Native American, the long flowing hair and these mm -hmm. deep glowing mm -hmm. eyes walks up and talks to my dad and I. And I'm only, I'm, you know, obviously as a five-year-old, I have no idea. There's just this very bright man heading my way. You know, he's like glowing oh, is what wow. I'm seeing as a five-year-old. <laughs> and he comes up and he's chatting with my dad and you know, obviously me sensing, you know, in looking back, I realized the guy is empathic and obviously my dad's going to get in a good flow because that's what happens with empaths. You just automatically connect. So we have a conversation and all, you know, or he had a conversation. It was brief, but he crouched down. He put his hand on my shoulders and it was, I, I want to say firmly, but in not in a harsh way, in a, in a reverent, kind of way he looked at me and gently squeezed my shoulders and said hey Oka. and i had no idea i mean you know what i had no idea you know, i'm fine but it always resonated with me what he said and i you know and i didn't look it up for 30 <laughs> years and you know i had actually had it as a and i didn't even realize till about a year ago i actually have it as my uh, login name just because it's always been in my head and I'll use it as passwords here and there. Not anymore for those listening. Don't try to get my passwords. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so it's always been part of me, you know, that name, the energy is what I feel mm. is what comes. And it, it's not always here. But when I'm in a moment, and, and, I, and I know you can resonate with this now because we, we talked about it before that when you're in this moment, when you have your coaching sessions going and you're sensing that fear moment and you look at them, there is that moment that they look at you and there's a binary decision that happens. Mm -hmm. They're either going to maintain eye contact with you or they're going to break it off out of discomfort. Yeah. And then go back into themselves or whatever it is that they do. I've learned that when they break off that contact, not to try to regain that because, you know, it, it's awkward at that point. And, and if they turned away, they don't want it. Right. But I realized that it, through my empathic nature and through many years of doing it wrong and seeing it wrong and misinterpreting all that, I realized what it is, is there when they hold that gaze and they hold it with me 
for however long it is, there's a connection to that mirror. And the reason they either maintain contact with me or not is because they need to decide in that moment, their subconscious, whether they're ready to face it or not. And when they do, and this could be whether they're just facing fear over a process change, you know, and I'm sure you coach people through many different types of adaptations in their life, whatever they may be. There's that moment of fear where they look at you and it's like that child that says, I don't know if I'm ready to jump off that diving board yet. And you see them pivoting on that moment. That's a binary decision. And when they're looking at you, they're at that moment. And what is said in that moment or what is felt is very important. I'll just leave it at that. It's very important. And what I found, and I like to use a lot of words from inner practitioner. He just has such a good flow. He said, just provide them that safe space and be there for them. Give them that loving container. You know, if we want to use coaching words, just provide them that envelope to be them in the moment and let them experience the fear. And, and there really isn't a lot that you need to say, you know, they'll kind of lead you and just let the energy determine what should be said. Yes. That's beautiful. Wow. And is that the essence of Heyoka for you? That whole. Yeah, I guess that would be the essence of Heyoka. But if you look at that formula, mm-hmm. that's also an existence, right? I mean, it's, and, and I would like to remain in that, right? If I could have that kind of focus and have that kind of Heyoka frequency going i would live there because i would just i would be like bring anybody right and and bring them we'll heal everybody will heal together we'll all have aoka energy and we'll all heal but we can't you know these these moments aren't always you know not everybody is ready to face their fear and they turn away you know they and that's fine everything in perfect yeah but it's but it's 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 an existence right it's how we try to live and that Although I look at that and I, you know, I get the name from that because, you know, it's something, you know, it has to be something. You just can't be the dude on Twitter. <laughs> and that's always been with me, you know, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. There has to be something. So that has always been with me. So I just kept that moniker because it really feels to me like that Heyoka spiritual energy, that pure, perfect mirror allows people to see you know, and, and I don't know if it resonates in the words that I put out. You know, I try to be a little provocative, yeah. like they say the Heoka was, you know. And it's not because I'm trying to duplicate yeah. Heoka. It was through reverse engineering of how I operate to understand that, for example, when you when you look at one of the stories of a Heoka and, and you as a as a coach, I'll, you know, you'll you'll pick up on this right away that just before battle this warrior, this powerful warrior would jump up on his horse backwards. He would have everything backwards. He would be singing backwards. He would be singing the words backwards and he'd be banging on the bongos offbeat. And he would be the first one in the charge. So there'd be a whole line of them. Yeah. It's a distraction. It takes everybody Mm -hmm. out of the moment. Mm -hmm. 
everybody pauses in that moment. And this is about yes. connection. Yes. Of course, you know, that was a battle tactic and, you know, it was used for a temporary pausing so they have the tactical advantage. But think about this. We each have a tactical advantage every moment we make a connection. And that doesn't mean, you know, in an abusive and kind all. of way. Tactical advantage of awareness of that minute when you look at somebody and they hold eye contact with you, that's mm -hmm. a connection. And what we do with that is the most precious decision anybody ever makes. That is so well said. I see it as also that symbolic act of jumping on the horse and riding backwards is almost a transmuting of we're angry, we're going to go and into battle to raising the energetic vibration to something much higher. I mean, there's some sort of joy in, in kind of being a bit <laughs> backwards about your approach and, and right. I mean, geez, he's, he's crazy. Hyoka banging on the by Everybody's like, yeah. man, let him go, man. He's, Poor energy, right? Maybe, right? yeah. I mean, for the, sure. they're, they're, you're raising joy. Yeah, he's breaking yes. up the monotony. They're no longer nervous. Wow, I hadn't even considered like the, mm -hmm. you know, I could see the tactical forward advantage of having that moment that you pause them, and for us, you know, yeah. coaching or anybody that's trying to help somebody, that allows you to have that moment to step into it to yes. allow healing. But when you look at the backward reflection of that this person doing everything backwards and there he's making everybody laugh by literally talking backwards and oddly enough i used to have this weird talk like <laughs> whatever that it actually people would say what and then i would realize wow i really have their attention when i do that because they didn't understand what i said so now they're leaning in and they're listening to me and they're <laughs> like wow that, and it just nice. kind of happened well, really, it's about that. And now that healing, because now they're all like, wow, we're about to go into war. But that crazy guy is like making us laugh again. How cool is that? <laughs> Had been considered that. Angle. Maybe, wow. right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, no, who knows? That's, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. And do you inject humor in your work with clients? I mean, are you... Are, uh, you oh seem pretty funny. That I learned at a very... <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I learned at a very early age, if you want to get anywhere in life, yeah. you better have a humor, sense of, good sense of humor. But I think it just comes naturally. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. My mom was open-hearted and, you know, cracking jokes. There was there was no nice. offending. You know, if, if things got too cutting, she'd be like, all right, let's mm -hmm. reel this back in. But, you know, so having that, you know, it, having the ability we're a very quick-witted family so having that is really good cognitive function control yeah. i found actually it allows me in meetings to be like oh wow he just changed the formula i better like think really quick about what it is and then the answers come a little faster it all you know love it fit into that's that. too cool that's amazing i i, I want to thank you michael for sharing all of this i I, I want to know, is there a way that people can contact you if they wish to be coached by you? You've got such a grounded, solid foundation of a massive toolkit um, that you draw from in terms of helping people. And uh, I'd love to do a shout out if there's a way or is it primarily through Twitter that people can reach you? 
Okay. Primarily through Twitter. DM me yeah. via Twitter for sure. But you can go to hailcoach.com as well, and you can contact me through um, a website. Just use the contact filter. But reach out via DM. You know, just hit me up uh, if you don't mind putting the link in the Absolutely. And how do I pronounce that? Barone, Baroni 911, at Barone 911. Michael, the Hayoka coach. Awesome. I am so grateful for this time with you, Michael. And I really would love to do this again because there's a lot of other things I want to talk with you about. And it really flowed. And I really hope that we can do this again soon. Okay. Thank you. Me as well. Thanks, Michael. You too. Have a good night.